Hey, it's the official tapes where we broadcast from the vault, playing the official releases from The Grateful Dead. And sometimes we break a rule and we play the official releases from Jerry Garcia, if you can consider that a rule. It broadcasts on uh, many radio stations around the globe every so often. Not only do we break a rule by playing Jerry and Garcia music, but we also uh, dive into some interviews and see what's going on in the uh, latest world of Grateful Dead and Jerry Garcia, including Jerry Garcia NFTs. NFT is just an abbreviation for non-fungible token. When it comes to learning more about the world of NFTs, uh, that guy is going to be the uh, perfect contact. I'm Josh Katz, the founder of Yellowheart. Recently, his crew have teamed up with Jerry Garcia family to come out with those Jerry Garcia NFTs. Now, do you get tired of explaining to people what an NFT is and what blockchain is? <laughs> you know, never. Back to that definition of what is an NFT. NFT is just an abbreviation for non-fungible token, which is a token that doesn't hold a store of value versus a fungible token, such as a cryptocurrency that does hold a store of value. It's just the beginning. It's called Web 3.0, and it all just underlies there. What happened is NFT is non-fungible tokens, which is just one type of token that could be minted on a blockchain, became the most popular this year, really driven by art. Clearly, we're doing it with music. You know, our Kings of Leon drop and some of the other ones have shepherded in this new realm of it. So an NFT allows a piece of art to be have provable scarcity and provable authenticity. It's the first time in history we've had that. As someone in the digital world versus physical world, which is where all of our kids are, are living today. And frankly, we're living without even realizing every week Apple tells us how much screen time we've had. And that's what this is. This is a, the new world of, of art and collectibles. You know, it's a pretty serious thing. And anyone who's, you know, not understanding how serious this is has to understand that on a blockchain, not everything is, for, this is forever going forward. It's memorialized. There is a chain of provenance. This will be known as the real deal. But it's super important to the artist NFTs and the use of this, these types of uh, technologies. What it's really going to do is it's going to allow artists to memorialize their rights, which is I think really the most important thing and be paid directly. So the most amazing part so far around this technology is the financial systems where an artist could literally create a work, whether it's audio, multimedia, you know, whatever that artist does, doesn't even matter, you know, any type of digital work. You then say, here's who owns what percentage of it. If it's a musical work, here's who owns the actual master here's who owns the writer share publisher share and it's memorialized and then it's on the blockchain and then it's affiliated with wallet systems and everyone's paid directly so think about it as an artist right now you have to make your art you take it to your manager who takes it to you know some who knows where to a label or another company who then sends it out to a streaming company or get then they get it paid and then it has to come back and everyone takes their piece and has their hand in their pocket until the money gets back to you so on this model, you know who your fans are, you sell to them directly, you keep all the money, you have to sell much less, and it just works better. So, and there's secondary sales. So if you have art, and you sell a piece of art for $100 today, and it sells for a million dollars tomorrow, you could take a piece of that million dollars, which is something every artist, you know, of course, throughout their career has wished they had. And this technology allows it. 
Josh Katz, CEO and founder of Yellow Heart. He's going to talk a little bit about the uh, Jerry Garcia NFTs, how he got into NFTs and blockchain. Also, how uh, Grateful Dead fans, how deadheads can benefit from blockchain NFTs and how it could impact the live music scene. We're going to start the interview out. Uh, Josh Katz talking about how they came up with the uh, name for the event and auction, An Odd Little Place, the digital works of Jerry Garcia, 1992 to 1995. It's actually comes off of the name. It's the name of a song on the album Garcia called An Odd Little Place. So that's where that actually roots from. Once we found these, it became clear that we were put on a mission to like make NFTs for a reason. Like, you know, it all became clear because in the beginning it was like, okay, let's look at the art and let's explore if this makes sense. And then when we learned the digital thing, it was just like, whoa, wow. Cannot believe he was doing this. A lot of people didn't know. It's early days with NFTs. It's not even inning one. It's like first batter. And these are the real collectibles. So you have a couple of different things. You have pure digital collectibles. You have all types of other new collectibles that the younger generations are going to look at. And when anyone who's into collecting art, into collecting memorabilia, into collecting anything Grateful Dead, This is the first of its kind in a digital universe that will become very much more understandable to everybody in the coming years because it's going to be our reality. This is something that's coming early on in NFTs because it is. And it's something that I'd highly encourage people to take seriously because I I don't want people to regret looking back. My opinion is, is that these are severely underpriced. But I just, you know, I don't know. We'll see what the market bears. But I want to make sure some of the deadheads who have never bought NFTs understand that buying an NFT is almost, you know, your custody and asset because these are liquid. It's something that could be sold if you decide you don't want the Jerry NFT or at least listed it on a secondary market. But at the end of the day, this is the real deal art. So if you're a collector, you're into memorabilia, you're into Jerry Garcia, you're into the dead. This is as authentic as it gets in the digital world. And a first of its kind, too. You're dealing with the level that you're talking about of unreality, that you can make things appear however you want, just by the way things are juxtaposed, images work with each other. On August 6th, 7th, and 8th of 95, Jerry, once again, was making digital art, and he was working on his Apple computers. And this was on literally the same day he checked into Serenity Knowles. When, you know, after Jerry passed, when they had gone back, you know, these works were open. And these are the last works of Jerry. These are going up for auction on Yellow Heart on, as one of ones, where they won't even be limited edition. We're only going to do one of each of them minted on the blockchain. And these are museum pieces. These are the cherished last creative works of Jerry's life. We're actually going to reveal them on August 1st as well on his birthday. They're not even up for viewing yet. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen them and they're just, there's no words. When people see them, they'll understand why these are so special. Uh, traditionally, an artist is someone, one who works by himself. You know, that, that model, you know, the starving artist in the garret, you know, working desperately. A lot of people didn't know that Jerry was a consummate artist. Jerry was constantly creating art when he was off stage. He either had a guitar in his hand or he was making art. As you can imagine, Jerry saw art 
in the horizon and the clouds and everything he did there was just you know artistic vision see my original background was uh, i was a, an art school person i was uh, my first talent was visual that was the first thing that people saw that i could do that was the first encouragement that i got it was the first stuff i was involved in as we were deciding whether it even made sense to do an nft with jerry garcia you know just kind of looking at the fact though that there is all of this art we started coming through and the art is just sensational. I mean, it's as a lifelong deadhead and as colorful and magical and beautiful as the music is, the art is the same. It's just, if you look what we just even have posted, the 20 works that we're showing are 17 right now on Yellowheart, the works are just magical, just like the music. Our collection is works that he did later in life that he worked on from 1992 to 95, in fact, on an Apple computer. As we were combing through the art, we learned of the fact that Jerry had two Apple computers, in fact, that he worked on and made art on really from like 1990 onward but really from 92 to 95 he was spending a significant amount of his time at these two computers creating art when he was home he created these beautiful works you know and if you, you could see him even by the names of boy one and soma and captain olsen and they're, they're just magical and this is what jerry was working on so when we learned of the digital files and the fact that he actually created these natively digital that made perfect sense as an NFT because for us to take, you know, an old photo off a different medium, such as paint or wood or off of canvas and move it into an NFT, you know, that's very, that's fine, but it's not the same as having a natively digital file that in fact is made to be displayed digitally. And that's a big part of where NFTs are moving now. So Jerry's basically using the same tools back in the early nineties that artists are using today of course more advanced versions of these but the, in the earliest incarnation jerry was using these tools creating digital art and now for the first time ever there's this te technology that allows you to have true collectability around digital art you know to show chain of provenance and have provable scarcity and provable authenticity so these are the real deal works literally minted right off of jerry garcia's hard drive on his apple when Trixie got into it, she was adamant about the fact that the prices be very low, that the fans be accessible to the work. So the prices, you know, really range from $400 up to $2,500 for the 17 limited edition works. They're going to go on sale on August 1st on Jerry's birthday. And they can be displayed in frames easily. They can go in even into the Samsung frames pretty easily. And there's instructions on Yellowheart how to do it and how to display them on your wall. And they can be different sizes from small to large. But it's the real deal works that will, you know, never be for sale again, right off of Jerry's computer. A lot of people don't know that my dad um, was a practicing visual artist for most of his life and he actually took classes here at the San Francisco Art Institute. With the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they are going to be doing a Jerry Garcia exhibit opening up on August 6th. That's going to showcase some of these NFTs as well as amazing things from the Garcia estate such as guitars and lyrics and things like that. It's going to be an incredible exhibit. So we are actually doing a preview event on August 5th, the evening before that Trixie will host. We are currently 
selling as a donation to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, fully deductible. Uh, tickets for two. Uh, there's 20 of them for sale on Yellow Heart to attend the event. And there's an additional five tickets that are super VIP tickets that not only will have access to the preview event with Trixie, but also a tour of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's vault. And I must tell you, it's insane. Like Tom Petty's hat and like Bob Dylan's lyrics. They're literally like on a table in front of you. It's pretty wild. No glass in front of you. So the prices, considering the way most people might look at it, seem high. But the reality is, is that when we spoke to the Rock Hall, they told us it was a fraction of what actually donors pay to get access to the vault. So we were like, you know what? If we could offer it up to Deadheads like a steep discount and come in and have an amazing night with us and have a preview of all the stuff and meet Trixie and hang out with her and get to see her dad's stuff and talk to her about it. Pretty awesome experience for you know those who want to attend. It might be that you have a wonderful visual flash. It takes you X amount of time to complete it and then a certain amount of time for people to see it and react to it before you know whether your flash had any kind of relevance, for example, if you care about that, mm. or whether it communicates uh, at all accurately what you had in, in mind. Now I want to take a step back and just give you my own opinion as a deadhead where late in you know Jerry's career as a as the leader of the Grateful Dead he was on stage literally playing you know MIDI guitar he was playing solos at times that he wanted to sound like a saxophone unless that was just going on in my own twisted head but I don't th I think it was what was happening with him and Jerry was fascinated by technology he always wanted the latest gear he was fascinated by sounds and by the musicianship and what I learned about Jerry also was that Jerry was always on the go and curious as could be and never sat still and always wanted to be doing things and moving forward and playing shows and you know wasn't someone to sit around and do nothing ever so um, that led to a sense of curiosity where he, I guess, was super curious. But I spent a lot of time speaking with Steve Parrish, who is a genius in and of himself and people in the estate. And Jerry was fascinated with technology. He was super into it. And when like digital art came out, he was all over it. And as an artist and the fact that he could create digitally, that was it. And over those years, he spent like most, a lot of his free time on these computers, creating these pieces that are now going you know, to go up on August 1st. So, you know, it was almost like, I, you know, I think Trixie, for her, she was like, listen, I'll do this. But this is for the fans. Like, this is really for fans of my dad, who I guess we hasn't been something collectible like this. And the fact that these NFTs exist, it makes sense. And the reality is, is that when we started looking through all of the art and thinking about Jerry, the artist, we were not 100% sold on even doing an NFT drop. I wasn't. And as someone who takes art very, very seriously, and in my world, this is as high as art possibly could become. You know, if you're a fan of Warhol or Coons or whatever, you might love that art. You know, if you're a fan of the movies, you might love Spielberg. But like for me, I'm a fan of the dead. So like this is as holy as it gets for me. So like I wasn't going to mess around with this unless it was completely right. And then when suddenly the actual fact that there are these like, you know, digital files came about, we were like, holy, this is meant to be. I think everything clicked from that point on. And she was like, this is clearly a gift. 
uh, let's give it as a gift. Let's make sure it's priced low and we're not just doing one of a kinds. And for those 17 limited editions, Trixie just wanted to make sure they were really affordable. Fans would understand they could help, Yellow Hearts will help find the frame. There's some links to the frame companies. They could even go in Samsung frames. And they're easy to hang on the wall and display. And they're the real deal, literally off of Jerry's Apple. When Jerry first got these two big, massive Apple computers, he hooked them up and we got them running in tandem. And he started doing computer art before anybody I'd ever seen do this stuff. He was so ahead of his time. Here we are, 26, 27 years later, and it coincides with technology. NFTs, Jerry would really like that because it's a new way to reach people and to have it spread out to people to see some of this stuff that hasn't been seen. Wow. Yellowheart.io, yellowheart.com, yh.io, it's all us. The collection's up there for viewing. I highly encourage everyone to check it out. If I were a painter, I would have uh, oil paints, watercolors, you know, acrylics, lithograph, all these different media to deal with to say, to say whatever there is to be said. Yellowheart is a NFT music marketplace. And we also are an NFT ticket marketplace once, you know, we get you know, more back into the swing of live events again. Summer of 17, I was hosting the New York Ethereum meetup and doing all types of stuff. I was mining Bitcoin and a lot of other things in the crypto space. And my other favorite band, Fish, did 13 shows at MSG. Of course, I want to be on the floor every night with my friends. And throughout the course of the dozen, you'd think tickets would get less expensive. No, they got more expensive. So at some point by night eight or nine, I'm like, wait a second. Why did I pay like $500 for a ticket that, you know, the guys on stage charged 70 for? And where's that money going? So I built an algorithm initially. I literally brought it back to the Ethereum developer community and I said, hey, look at what's going on here. Like there's this whole third party middleman population called scalpers. They're rent seeking. They're taking money from the fans. They're not helping the, guy, the artists. And frankly, they need to go. They're hurting things. And, you know, if you go to one show and you get ripped off, the next thing, it was a great show. You don't remember the fact you got ripped off the next day. You do it 13 nights in a row, you're like, excuse my language, what the F? I just took action. And I brought it back to the community, put it on the whiteboard, and I said, how do we solve this? And a few weeks later, I had an algorithm that allowed us to put out a digital file or a ticket, you know, if it's a digital ticket. And if it got sold on a secondary market, send whatever percentage we programmed of the money back to the artist and then another percentage back to the fan or scalper, whoever was the selling party. But the point is, it was a first programmable ticket. So our thought process around it was, hey, this allows artists to be socially responsible and how they put tickets out to their fans where you can control how much they could be resold for and you have full transparency into seeing who paid what and the fact it's real, you know, the ticket's not fake and really solving a lot of the problems that for whatever reason have just never been solved around live event ticketing. Because as a fan, if you ask anyone, like getting a ticket sucks. Like, why is that? It shouldn't be. We set out to solve a lot of those problems and we built a platform fully decentralized on the Ethereum blockchain, really on the layer two of Ethereum. and with the goal be truly fan friendly, truly artist friendly, truly transparent, and to allow the fan and the artist to have a direct relationship. So that that's really what it was all about.
Miracle tickets to me, I've had a few. It's like one of those things where, um, you know, you're like really bumming out because you couldn't get in the box office the day they sold. And then all of a sudden, Miracle's kind of like, you know, where you're walking around with your finger up, or even sometimes it doesn't even happen that way. But most of the time, if you walk around and, you know, someone comes up and gives you a ticket, you know, sometimes you get them free, sometimes, most of the times you don't. I mean, sometimes. That's an ultra miracle. But, you know, a miracle is just when you can find a ticket, you know, any way that you need to find it. At first, it's kind of hard to do, you know. You spend 30 bucks on the ticket or whatever, and you're thinking, I, I got to see them, even though you saw them the last eight nights out of, out of ten. Um, but you're kind of tired, and, gee, you sold a bunch of shirts. Maybe even you got your ticket for, as a trade for a T-shirt. And... You know, someone's convincing enough, and, they, and and you're thinking, gee, I could use a break anyways, because, hey, hanging out in the parking lot's just as good as going into the show for me in a lot of different ways. So, you know, you just hand the ticket over, and lots of times, you see that person two, three years later, and you don't have a clue. You don't know who they are, and they're like, you gave me a ticket back in 88 in Pittsburgh. Like, wow. You know, and they hand you a, a, a quart of juice or something, and, you know, it just feels good. Even our name, I mean, the name Yellow Heart means to have a heart of gold and be compassionate and to care about others. And that's how we think about everything we do is we think about it fan first. Artists, you know, obviously right behind the fan, but we want to make sure that we're doing right in our projects and we're introducing a new technology. If you look at any of the projects we're doing from Garcia to Maroon 5, we're trying to keep things inexpensive. We're not trying to put out NFTs that are at blockbuster numbers but these nfts are going to be super collectible in the digital universe when people kind of adapt to collecting digitally versus physically which is you know the younger generations already doing it's just the people my age doing i'm 47 years old i have a nine-year-old son who plays a lot of video games and at the end of the day that's where his disposable or my disposable income goes is into buying things in the video game but his friend comes over and says oh man you got the you know the lion's skin and he's just like oh yeah i'm sick of that thing you know and but he can't even give it to his friend let alone sell it to his friend but in the world of nfts he can so these types of things that were frankly in games but are becoming much more real to us allow us now to have ownership of digital goods and provable ownership in a real way with a ledger system you think about the world we live in, there's a big disconnect. So you go to a show, you go to the merch booth, you get your shirt, whatever, what are you buying a poster? I mean, that, you know, maybe some people in the poster collecting community, you know, but that's a really a niche community. The mainstream community doesn't buy posters anymore because we're living in a digital world. Even the poster com trading community at some point will probably go NFT. But at the end of the day, what's really happening is, you know, I have this Bob Marley poster framed next to me that I was told by the guy I bought it from. It's one of, you know, a hundred from, you know, 1977. And the truth is, I don't know if he printed it the day before I bought it. And it's one of 10,000. Who knows? But with these types of technologies like NFT, blockchain, you're able to actually have provable scarcity and no ownership authenticity and things like this will really matter. So you have true collectability. So when you look into, you know, artist merch, whether it's artist music, whether it's artist art, whether it's anything that's authentic from the artist this becomes the new realm of merch and tickets it's clear use case i mean 1.0 where you're eliminating fraud and counterfeiting and making things sure they're authentic and it was minted by the actual band and things like that but in all of these other things such as music 
which is incredible, is you get to memorialize rights. And not only do you get to memorialize rights, you get to say, hey, I own X percentage of this and it's being paid right to the artist. You then get to go out to your fans and you get to put out packages that are meaningful, you know, with music and potentially redeemable for things like vinyl and merch and access to tickets. And you actually build a community through these NFTs. So they're really, really cool for the space. I always applaud the weirdness in human life, you know what I mean? I mean, that's the stuff that's fun to look out for, the strange, the dark alleys that interest me. I'm also super passionate, and so is everyone else on our team, about the music and about the artistry and letting the artistry thrive and our goal being, frankly, to just get out of the way. That's really our goal, is to create a relationship between fan and artist and then just remove ourselves. So I think when you remain pure to your vision and I think when you have artists that are pure and the amount of focus and attention and purity to the arts it takes to create this type of high level art, you start to find uh, symbiotic relationships and you find partners. So we're just, you know, pure in what we're doing. We're hoping that, you know, as Yellow Heart adapts, you know, your tickets still might be worth more after a show than before and be highly collectible. And each one is an NFT with different art and different access and all types of different things about them. And that's the, what Yellow Heart is all about. Maybe as a fan, you get something very cool that continues to be tradable and collectible. And, and if you were one of those people that saw Billie Eilish at the Mercury Lounge and there was 90 people and you have that NFT, it could be pretty valuable. Or maybe you're one of the people that, you know, got to see Coldplay front rows. There's only so many front row seats. You then have proof of status and you have something that's truly collectible. Because if you think about it, as a music fan, we really haven't had the ability to buy anything except a ticket in 20 years. It's wild. Maybe a t-shirt. Uh, that's really it. So in our world, you tell your favorite artist that you like them. <laughs> You're then hooked up for coming to shows and bringing friends and having a good time. And you're recognized for being part of the society and part of the community. And you build in that community. So right now, if you're a Yellow Heart Kings of Leon token holder, you know, just for token holders, you were notified over July 4th weekend, you were able to buy cherry pit tickets, which are right in front of the stage, but only for token holders. Essentially what's happening is the people who are going to be using these platforms allows you to go to the artist and say, hey, I want to be part of your community, hook me up. So when you go to your fifth show or whatever the mechanism is, you're rewarded, you're recognized where, you know, live events up until now have been exclusionary, which is so not the spirit of what we're all about. You know, we're all about being inclusionary where everyone's welcome and let's like have a great time and let's like meet new friends and, you know, and how do you stay in touch and I mean more people than I know. I mean, I spend my vacations these days literally going to music festivals with my friends. So like at the end of the day, why aren't I hooked up for that? The fact that I've been to my fifth Bonnaroo in a row or whatever it is. And the reason is there's no data. So Yellow Heart allows us to collect that and collect it responsibly. And frankly, just reward fans for being a great fan.
Yellowheart is a NFT music marketplace. And we also are an NFT ticket marketplace once, you know, we get you know, more back into the swing of live events again. Yellowheart.io, yellowheart.com, yh.io, it's all us. The collection's up there for viewing. I highly encourage everyone to check it out.